You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. How's it going, guys? Here we are, the Jesus Trip. I have a special guest today, a good friend, Shalise Jimenez from Woodland Park, Colorado. I've known you for a while, Shalise first visited. You guys were doing like a kind of a church community there, and then you transitioned into doing this thing called the Emerge School of Transformation. And I'd I love it if you just kind of, uh, I don't know, for starters, tell, tell folks a little bit about what you guys are doing there. Yeah. Well, thanks, John, for having me. Yeah. For sure. So Emerge, we, we launched actually in 2015. So we've been doing, you know, for a minute now. And Emerge is basically a three-month really intensive program where we help people uh, discover their union with God, discover their true identity, and then from that place have conversations with him where he is unveiling to them their life purpose. Mm -hmm. And so in three months, they come out. We call it a school of transformation. I would have called it a school of transfiguration, except that's super weird to market. (laughs) But that's what I feel like we're doing. We're really revealing the Christ in people and Mm -hmm. then unleashing what's possible for them, you know, if Jesus actually is in them. And so it's super exciting. We've got people coming out of the program, launching ministries and businesses and writing books and I mean, just, you name it. We just, it's incredible to see what God's doing uh, in the school and, and his kids through the program. Yeah, that sounds great. I actually would, would like to talk a little bit more about that. Um, I, I guess for starters, maybe, maybe if you wouldn't mind, just tell people a little bit about your background coming into the, the, the message of the gospel, finish work yeah. stuff. And then, and then I'd like to transition more into what, what you guys are doing in terms of implementing some, some practical life skills and living yeah. out of this revelation of our, yeah. our union totally. with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I grew up in the Bible Belt. Uh, I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. A good Baptist girl, really probably a bad Baptist girl is probably a better description. <laughs> Because it didn't take me long. I mean, we were like in church every Wednesday, every Sunday. Um, and really, by the time I was about 15, I was Recipe just- Recipe for success, right? Like, like the worst Christian on the planet at 15. <laughs> and I, I really just said, you know, forget this. And and went totally down this rebellious path. Um, honestly, 100%, I can look back on it now with confidence and say it was because of religion. So the religious spirit literally like destroyed my childhood and really took me on this long journey of, I mean, I really hated Christians. I hated Christianity. Um, I went to a Baptist college, you know, I was a wild child. I remember I had like my favorite t-shirt in college was I'd walk around in this shirt that said, don't walk on the grass, smoke it. You know, I was just so rebellious against everything that really I was rebellious. I look back on it now really against control. Yeah. And against um, condemnation, honestly, and the judgment that I felt uh, from all of that religious system. And, but of course, you know, being a, that doesn't work either. So, you know, religion doesn't work. And guess what? Neither does the world, you know? So, right. being an elder brother, it doesn't cut it, and neither does a prodigal. And so, it, I eventually, through um, in my twenties, I mean, I was really, I had a successful kind of outward life. I, I'd married my college sweetheart. I was um, really successful in corporate America. So it looked like I should be happy, but internally I just wasn't. And running from God is pretty miserable too. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And so it was really around, you know, my late 20s, early 30s when I really started coming back to the Lord. And it was through, you know, I went through a divorce. Um, I was had party for so many years. I was in therapy. You know, I was I, I ended up with a, a diagnosis of manic depression at one point. So, I mean, I was really in a bad place when I ultimately surrendered to God. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, the process of that was I actually, a friend took me to a Joyce Meyer conference of all places. And I was like, you know, the Christian out there smoking during the, you know, during the breaks. And, uh, but, you know, I, even though I'd grown up in church, I'd never heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'd never heard about supernatural Christianity for sure. I'd never heard about, you know, righteousness in Christ or anything that was remotely the gospel. Really all I'd ever heard was you're a sinner. And if you don't, choose Jesus, you're going to hell. Mm. Or at least that's kind of all I remember. Right. Uh, and so after that, um, you know, I, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it was pretty radical. I mean, from that moment, um, I, I started hearing the voice of God for the first time in my life. And I, I, he's, you know, it was, it was humorous and fun. It wasn't religious at all. Uh, the first thing that the Holy Spirit ever said to me is you've got more problems than a math book. And you're not going to solve them all at once, you know, but I'm going to lead you into freedom step by step. And so from there, I actually, um, the Lord led me to a, a church where I, I ended up being on staff for about seven years um, with Dr. Bill Winston, Word of Faith Church. But I mean, massively supernatural Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I started just ministering to people. I was in corporate America, but the Holy Spirit would have me ministering to, you know, Drug addicts. I lived in downtown Chicago at the time. So I just kind of started ministering to people out of just hearing the voice of God, honestly. And from there, though, is when things I really started to get into finished works, because as much as I I got so much out of my time um, at Living Word and so much out of uh, that ministry and, and growing there. But God really started talking to me at that time about Christ in you, the message of Christ in you and the message of the finished work of the gospel. And the way it worked is he basically gave me a meditation project. And, you know, at that time, you know, I didn't even understand that you would meditate mm. one scripture, you know? And so he said, mm. I want to me- meditate on Colossians 1, 27 and 28 for an entire year. And, you know, I, I was like, wait, don't, don't you read your Bible through in a year? Like, what do you mean? Like one scripture for a whole year. And I really didn't even know at that time what it meant like to meditate. But again, I could hear the voice of God, which was my savior. And so he told me, he said, I want you to go and for a whole year, meditate on the scripture. And I want you to go stand in front of the mirror until you can see Jesus Christ staring back at you. And at first I really didn't even get that. I mean, because I look in the mirror, I don't know that I even really like (laughs) who I saw, you know, for sure didn't see Jesus, you know? Mm. But the Holy Spirit is like, use your imagination. Like, that's the eyes of your understanding. Begin to meditate. Like, engage with this, Shalice, because Jesus is actually in you, even though your natural eyes can't see it. Yeah. And so I, 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 you know, I didn't really have a grid for it, but I would kind of, you know, just by faith, just kind of begin to imagine it and thank God that Jesus was inside of me and that, you know, I just, you, you can't meditate on that scripture for long before starting to get something out of it. Yeah. And Pretty soon, though, the Holy Spirit was like, you know, Shalice, you also need to make sure that you're meditating on the right Jesus. Mm. Because 
as much as Jesus's earthly ministry is awesome, and you know Jesus walking down the shores of Galilee is you know in- inspiring, and the gospels are inspiring. That's not the Jesus that lives in you. The Jesus that lives in you. You need to go to Revelation chapter one, and you really need to connect with who the resurrected Jesus Christ actually is. And so I call it scary Jesus now, because like when you read Revelation chapter one, like it's this, you know, Jesus with white hair and fire eyes and like, you know, he's like got stars in his hands and he's the kings of hell and death. And it's like John's so freaked out. He like, you know, falls down like he's dead. And so the Holy Spirit was like, no, that's who lives in you. Mm. Like that's who is alive Mm. in you. And so I was like, so he's like, now you need to stand in front of the mirror and see that Jesus, you know? Mm. And he said, you're just think of it like Jesus in a Chalice suit. Mm. It's like like Halloween, except your Jesus's costume, scary Jesus's costume, (laughs) you know? And honestly, John, like it, not to say it like a rock to my world is like an under, understatement. Like my entire life began to just like explode in mm. every direction. Honestly, like I couldn't yeah. go, I couldn't go get gas. Honestly, at the gas station because I lived in Chicago, so there's all kinds of crazy going on down there. But I mean, without you know, like heroin addicts would come up to my the window of my car, you know, and I'd like. And I wasn't scared because it was like Jesus in a chalice suit. So I just like rolled down my window and lay my hands on him. And mm. just so miracles just started breaking out. And um, here I was like this little white girl in Chicago. And God was like taking me down to the south side of Chicago. Next thing you know, I'm like ministering to people in crack houses. I mean, it was insane. It was so insane. I would just have, it was just crazy. It was crazy. And, uh, Dude, every Sunday I was picking up like, I don't even know how many people to take them to church, but it was like, it was like a circus clown car with like the crackhead and the, you know, the old lady from the nursing home. And so it was just, it was truly an, like incredible. It was an incredible experience and it all came out of really this, this experiential revelation of Christ in me. Yeah. And yeah, and you know, so my life has been that. I mean, that's been. Let me let me say this. After that year, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. After that year, the Holy Spirit said, "So, you, you know, great job, you know, completing your your meditation project. But this year, I want you to spend meditating on on um, that you're in Christ. Mm-hmm. That you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Yeah." That Christ is not only in you, but you're yeah. also in him. Mm. And you're bilocational at all times, and your life really is hidden in him. So yeah. you so he's in you and he's around you. So I started calling it like the Jesus sandwich because you're like you're in there in the middle, you know, of Jesus, like just totally in that stuck, you know, inside there. Yeah. And so next year, that was really a whole nother level of it because it really it just, I mean, the whole, just the whole world opens up when you recognize that you can be in heaven at any time. Like what's actually happening up there. I would wake up in the morning with like the song. It's a beautiful day in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, like Mr. Rogers voice was singing to me and, and life just is, becomes easy, you know, when you're just, you're not so self-conscious and you're just living out of this, the reality of the gospel. Yeah. Me, not just a message or not just 
you know, like I had before that, like I'd have like my little sheep, you know, your new identity in Christ. And I mean, I could read that, you know, right. I could read I'm the righteousness of God or I'm these things, but it wasn't really till I experienced that, yeah. that it, that I was really transformed. It's reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. I like what, I like what you're saying about scary Jesus, you know, <laughs> yeah. Paul, you know, Paul says, uh, you know, once I, I thought of Christ that way, merely like a, a human being like myself. And of course, he's man without reserve, but he's also God without reserve. And, and, and we are chock full of, of God. And it, it does. It, it changes everything. And it, 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 it's so beyond uh, just uh, intellectual, s- religious sort of sophistry or whatever. We're, we're talking about this engagement of, of union. And um, yeah, so uh, I... I one of the things I, I, I did, and, and not to transition too abruptly here, but I, I think taking this revelation, one of the things that you guys are doing that I think is really cool, uh, like with the, the Emerge School, and, and you, you see people doing this, I think, um, in, in pockets. And, and I've actually wanted to write a book at some point called Inner Healed. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, you know, people hear me pop off at like inner healing stuff like that a lot. And, and like I say, I believe in inner healing. I just believe I'm inner healed. We, we have to start at the finish line. And, um, and the thing is, we're not just flippantly writing off the importance of counseling and maturation and people growing, but we have to be growing out of this revelation that we're already home, that we're already whole, that we're already made complete in him. And so really what's happening, it, it, it's not that... Um, that this identity is over here somewhere, that our healing is over here somewhere. It's already here. We're, we're waking up to this. And this is something that I, I've been encouraged to see you guys, you know, digging in and, and, and pioneering with things like life coaching. And, you know, and, and we do, obviously, we should mock the, the non-Christocentric version of this stuff because it, it's, it, it does become just another form of religion. But with coaching and counseling, this, this, this is a process of, of maturing. Sanctification is not a process. It's not a process of becoming holy, but there's a process of, of growing in this revelation. And, and, ref- and, and I like what you guys have been doing. So if you could just talk about that a minute, about how you've been reframing this whole thing of identity uh, from a discovery of who you already are. There's a phrase that I, I think I heard it from the Holy Spirit. I don't even know how many years ago I heard it now, but it, man, it rocked my world. And, and he said to me, he said, Chalice, you need to integrate with Jesus at a subconscious level. Mm. You need to truly integrate it at, at, a, at a mindset mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. with your identity. That it's one thing, it's, and, and, you know, it's one thing to teach people who they are in Christ, but it's another thing for them to actually live out of that as a way of being. Because Christianity is literally meant to be a way of being. It's not meant to be uh, a practice of following rules or what. I mean, and we say that, but in the Western culture, especially, we just are not, we don't know how to be a lot of yeah. times. Just we do, we do, we do. Mm-hmm. And so, so the first thing I think that I feel like why we're even here in the mountains, I feel like God is, is, is wanting to release a, a new way of approaching how we are uh, doing counseling and coaching, but from a place of learning how to be, how to mm-hmm. be union with God and yeah. from a finished work perspective. So what that looks like is um, 
really detoxing from independence. Mm. And it looks like recognizing a lot of the ways that we we are in our lives, independent thinking, independent judgment um, of ourselves and others, of um, even just the sin in our lives, you know, not, not, um, we're not, we're not glossing over it, but we're right. recognizing that that's coming out of a mindset. It's not yeah. who you are. It's right. a habit. Yeah. And so counseling is always talking to the real person. It's mm. talking to the, the person yes. that's in union with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always tell people that I coach and people that I'm working with is that I'm not, you know, God's not confused about you, who you are. And it's my job to not be confused about who you are, even yeah. though you might be confused yes. about who you are. Right. And so it's, it's, I'm constantly, you know, because the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness. So that yes. as a counselor, as a coach, that's yes. what I'm doing. I'm mm. convicting you that you're not guilty. I'm right. convicting you that you're the righteousness of Christ, no matter yeah. what you're doing right now. And yeah. I'm also helping them recognize that they aren't their unrenewed mind. But even their unrenewed minds are not their identity. And so it's almost like when you can start to kind of, you're, you're, you're not separating from Jesus. You're integrating with Jesus. But you are separating from the old man. You're separating from the mindsets. The false that, identity, yeah. The false identity. And that false identity is driven truly by mindsets and honestly memories. It's memories of who and the experience of who you have who you believe that you are based upon your life experiences. Yeah. And so that mind renewal process is, is truly a, a perspective shift. Mm-hmm. Always. It's always a perspective shift. It's always looking at things from a finished work union, who you truly are versus the way that you were relating either to yourself or to others or to an addiction or whatever the actual issue is. Yes. Is that, am I making sense with that, what I'm saying there? I, I, absolutely. And I like what you were saying about um, that, that, that synchronicity. It, it goes deeper than the mind. I think of like uh, the peace that surpasses understanding where it's just, it's, it, we don't even stop to deliberate. You know, it's like, this is who I am. It's abiding, it's being, it's reality. And I think one of the things too with mind renewal, I think sometimes people, I've noticed this a lot in meetings when I'm preaching the gospel and they're like, well, I've never heard this before. This is crazy. And they run to the book table to buy all the books. And, you know, I appreciate that. But but it's like a lot of times there's this idea that, oh, if I can get my mind around it, I'm going to make it real. And yeah. it's like, no, settle down for a minute. This is real, whether you believe it or not. Right. And even that renewal of the mind, our minds being renewed to the reality that it's already the mind of Christ. And so uh, there's such a depth here. So it's it's like the the mindsets are changing, but it comes out of this this being, like you said, out of this depth of just yeah. peace and rest. And um, I think another thing, I, I like what you were talking about with the meditation and the meditation on the one verse and Colossians one for for a year. I, I think there's something here. Uh, in, in terms of practice, you know, we're all called to the practice of the presence of God. And, you know, you and I had chatted a little bit earlier on this. Uh, I think part of our growth and part of our maturation, it's not just memorizing verses. It's not just wrapping our head around theological principles, but there's something of meditation. And, you know, that's a big buzzword today is mindfulness in society. And uh, and, and that's, that's not just... Uh, 
you know, some some irrelevant pop trend. I think society is longing in this barrage of information to, to just quiet down, to be at peace, and and and, a, and, a, and an awareness of the presence of God and, and that, that abiding union. I think this is so integral to our well-being. And I don't know how much of that type of thing is incorporated in your school, but I'd love if you would share a little bit on that. Yeah. I, Cont- I, contemplation. Yeah. Uh, huge. It's a huge part. And and just, I call it just the experience of God, really. I mean, meditation in another way, mindfulness, it's, you know, mindfulness is, is kind of this buzzword and it's a way of, of thinking about what you're thinking about, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it is a, an incredible discipline because what it teaches us is awareness. It, it, it wakes us up so that we aren't just living under the barrage of thinking that's happening in our brain all the time. And instead it, 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 it invites us to a, a consciousness that is watching, you know, even the fact that we are thinkers, that we can think. So it's really bringing you up, in my opinion, to your spirit, you know, to where you're, you're what I want to say spiritual awareness or just to the, the concept that there, there is an us that exists above our, even our thinking. Yes. That's the piece that surpasses understanding actually mm. comes from. Because yeah. the fact that we can observe our thinking as well as think mm. uh, is unique. It's unique to us being made in the image of God. And yes. so that, that awareness is, is the beginning where we can say, okay, I'm now going to practice the presence. But not, you know, for me, that was a, I didn't get it for a while. Because to mm. me, the presence felt too, like, woo, where's the presence? How do I get it? You know, I wasn't sure, like, is it a manifested feeling? Like, what is it? And for me, I had to get it like, it's a person. A person is practicing union, really. It's really practicing that it's enjoying, rather. Enjoying. It's enjoying. It is enjoying that you are just enveloped, encased, and saturated with infused, I mean, every word you could ever think of to describe union and oneness with the God, God almighty. Yes. And it is that transcends you beyond no matter what circumstance you're in, honestly. Mm, absolutely. And, and that mindfulness is the, the greatest level of freedom. I believe that exists. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it truly is a transcended, you know, as they, they sometimes say, um, way of being. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like to say oftentimes, you know, uh, the practice of the presence of God is not getting the presence of God. It's, it's becoming aware right. of the presence of God. And that's, I think that's what we're talking about is awareness. And I, I've always been drawn to the, you know, the mystics and because they were so into contemplation and, uh, you know, mindfulness is the word today, but contemplation was, was their word. And we're talking about the same thing. Yes. Uh, one thing it's it's kind of funny. One one of my favorite guys is Thomas Merton. I don't know if you've read much of him, but uh, you know sometimes you can get in trouble quoting Thomas Merton because Thomas Merton had also had this attraction towards uh, 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 Buddhist monks, and he even said like at one point, uh, I, "I'm trying to be the best Buddhist that I can," and that freaks people out. They think you're talking about syncretism, like you know yes. mixing Buddhism and Christianity, but that's not what he was talking about. He was very grounded in his Christology. He was talking about Buddhism like as a, as a system of being. I mean most – obviously a lot of – there's a lot of Buddhists that are – they see it as a religion. A lot of people, it's just more, more like this different way of thinking where you're not just thinking in terms of everything partition like we do in the West. 
we're not talking about worshiping Buddha. Get that off the table. Talking right. about just this awareness of a, a, a different way of thinking. And for Merton, the way he's, he's, he's processing that, I'm sure he was being a little edgy in why, the way he was saying it. But, but he's talking about just living out of this awareness of our absolute interpenetrating union with God. And there's just this this peace, and I think all, all I'm saying is there's this sort of Eastern way of thinking. That's not it's not we're not talking about Eastern religions, but there's this just a different mindset where we're not just living out of here all the time. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and that is really that is it. I mean, it is a way of life, and I so I'm I'm thankful for. Um, really what our Eastern, you know, I call them brothers and sisters because they're humans and they yes. are brothers and sisters and they are in Christ, yeah. whether they recognize it or not. And, Absolutely. Right. and I'm so thankful that for that alternative, because it is a flow, it is a way of flow. And I, you know, I come from the place that I can learn something from just about anybody, especially when I do yeah. have a Christocentric, you know, centric lens, you yes. know, and so I just feel like we can take the best practices of mindfulness and yes, apply it. those right into what it means to be live in union with God. Right. And it's not even that you're, you know, culturally appropriating from the Buddhist, you know, I, I, I'm going to get in trouble for using the B word anyways. I'm not, I'm not a Buddhist. Okay. Yeah, but but, but <laughs> like within like our own church tradition in the West, there's such a rich history of contemplation. But you even use that word mystic, you know, and in the evangelical Western mind, they're thinking Ouija boards and crystal balls. And, and there's just there's just such uh, and, and people just so living out of their head. And, and, and no wonder there's this lack of of experiential um uh, uh, substance and, and, and power and enjoyment in the life of the church. We should be the happiest people on the planet. We're talking about the spirit of Jesus here. It's true. It's true. And I think the only way that sometimes we, you know, charismatic, even any Western church can get it is that we have to call it something different. So yeah. then it's, all of a sudden if we call it soaking, yeah. well, you know. Then it's, then it's so legal, right? Like that's okay. You know, yeah. because Baptized that's in the spirit, filled with the spirit. Yeah. You know, than contemplation or mindfulness or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Right. So the language is a big deal. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's mm -hmm. right. Well, uh, Shalise, um, you know, today we, this is technically our Thanksgiving yep. celebratory Jesus trip. And I figured what better a topic to, to cover gratitude and thankfulness. If we're talking about this holistic well-being, if we're talking about mindfulness, if we're talking about, uh, unwrapping and growing and maturing in who we are. So gratitude, Shalise. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Man, here in the West, we're always complaining our first world problems. I only have 4G today. I don't have 5GE. <laughs> and we become so narcissistic, don't we? And everybody's whining. And then we lose our joy over this. And man, I, I tell you, I go to these third world garbage dumps and you see the happiest people that they seem almost more emotionally balanced in so many ways, yeah, as crazy right. as that sounds. Because right. they're, they're, they're just, there's this, this gratitude you see. It's just it's crazy. Talk to me about gratitude here. Yeah. Well, it's like the, it is the antidote for being a spoiled brat. <laughs> you know, it really is. And that's what I say. Like we, we're first world spoiled brats. But, you know, there's so many things I could say about this. But first of all, I think. You know, people are like, well, 
I want to take it a deeper level because you can totally start with gratitude. Like I'm thankful that I have a roof over my head and I am thankful that I've got a car and I'm thankful for my children and my family. I'm thankful for all of these things, you know, even our families and stuff. But the truth is all of those things are temporal, you know, I mean, not that I'm saying we shouldn't be thankful for those things, but if we're really going to rise into this place where we are rejoicing and again saying, you know, rejoice, like we're, you know, in the Philippian jail with Paul, if we're going to rise to this place that transcends circumstances and transcends so that we can actually look like Jesus and look like Mm. the body of Christ on the planet, then the the grounding place to start, in my opinion, is, you know, how Philemon says, you know, that our faith becomes effectual as we acknowledge all of the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. And so Mm. I, think we can always, no matter what's going on in our lives, we can be thankful that we're one with Jesus. We yes. can be thankful that that Jesus' blood was poured out so that we are now cleansed. We can say, thank you, Jesus, that I am inner healed. Thank you that I am everything that you are in the world right now. I am in heaven. I am perfected. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done in forever for me. You know, so you, and I'll tell you when you enter into, so if, if there's power in saying thank you for my house and thank you, I mean, yeah. here's, you know, because even at a, you know, even like at a quantum physics level, even if you start to talk about the frequencies of our emotions and what that does to the atmosphere, like there's science behind gratitude now. We live in 2019. Yeah. There is science behind my mindfulness and stuff. And when you, when you are thankful, when you have a frequency of joy and a frequency of gratitude, it is measurable. It is measurable around you. It is measurable in your home. It's measurable in your workplace. It's measurable in your mental health. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not on top of that, you're going to get whacked because you can't, <laughs> you can't you can't be grateful and thankful and sober. You just can't. You no, can't. that's. I mean, it just friggin' makes you feel good, doesn't it? Like when you just get your eyes off of problems for a minute, it's like the the whole atmosphere changes and you could live in that all day long because it's so effortless it's like you said it's not just in the act of saying thank you like it's this this function but rather it's it's almost this resonance this frequency of just being aware of the gift that everything is gift i mean i almost wish i lived in mexico or something you know where it's like every time somebody says thank you what do they say gracias it's all grace it's all a gift uh, uh, France, merci, mercy, thank you. Uh, gratitude, I mean, I mean, man, I just, I've been getting jacked up on this. I have a buddy who literally just changed his middle name to gratitude <laughs> 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 to constantly remember. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're always, we're always, like I said, we're always complaining and stuff. But, uh, man, it, gr- gratitude centers us. It, it puts our focus just back on God rather than the negative circumstances around us. And one thing I, I was thinking about today was, uh, you, you know, there's nothing in life we can't be thankful for. Even like, you know, given this example, as you did with Paul in prison, even the most horrendous, bad, evil things that befall us, not that we blame God for those things, like some hyper Calvinist, you know, blaming him for all the horrible things in the world. But we can still be thankful no matter what because we know that even these bad things, he is not caught off guard. He's going to flip all of that stuff on its head and use it for our eternal good. I mean how could you not be happy if you're just living in this place of just stop and yeah. you know, smell the coffee? 
It's true. And I will tell you the key when I, you know, when I came out of manic depression, mm. I mean, it was a really crazy prescription that God gave me. The first one was he sent me to a nursing home and I, I ended up ministering there. I mean, I didn't know it was ministry when I went, but three days a week. Why? Because he awesome. wanted me to actually hang out with people that actually had some problems. Mm. Secondly, yeah. um, it was just thankfulness and gratitude. It was truly just starting to recognize that I was so incredibly blessed and that I was so incredibly um, in him, just finished. It was finished and it was good, you know? And so I, it literally healed my brain. It healed my brain. It healed my brain chemistry and yeah. first years of anxiety and depression in my life. Like it is powerful. It's not just a good idea. There is the physiological connection there. Absolutely. A merry heart is like good medicine and, and, and gratitude is like the gateway to joy, in my opinion. Prepares a grateful heart, prepares the way for the Lord, doesn't it? 100%. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think nothing, talk about the presence of God, I, the, the practice of the presence. I think nothing sums up the practice of the presence of God more succinctly than gratitude. Truly. True. Okay, I did not talk to you about this before we started, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna yeah. hit you with a with a surprise game. Okay, so I uh, I messaged my my buddy whose middle name is Gratitude, <laughs> and uh, and I said, give me some bullet points if if I were to talk about gratitude on on a Jesus trip. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some one liners here. Okay, we're gonna play a game, and then okay. you give me you give me a one liner, some in, in, whatever comes to your mind. Okay, okay. Uh, gratitude in relation to inheritance rather than lack thought first thought i'm so thankful that my net worth is god <laughs> that's awesome gratitude's <laughs> influence and relationship with art creativity culinary crafting majesty splendor oh gosh thank you for the beauty of creative creative gifts and creative expression and your infinite ability to touch the human soul through the medium of art it opens everything up doesn't it like that gratitude yeah. it's like boom yeah. you see the colors yeah incredible <laughs> gratitude and simply beholding jesus christ <laughs> oh just Thank you that I get to. Thank you that I get to. It's a privilege. <laughs> yes, I get to behold. I get to behold. Oh my gosh. This, this is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, gratitude in direct relationship to generosity. Oh gosh, thank you that I get to be as generous as you are. Mm. And that there's an inexhaustible supply. Mm. That point. <laughs> yeah. When you see what he's done, you're just like Mary, just dumping that <laughs> alabaster box, what aren't you? What can I give? What can I give? <laughs> okay. Gratitude in the midst of persecution and attack. Oh, wow. Uh, I thank you that your opinion is the truth. Yes. And that Ooh. I'm learning it right now. Yes. Good. Very good. Gratitude in beholding the bride. Oh, yeah. Thank you that she is amazing. Thank you that your bride is glorious and beautiful mm -hmm. and perfect. 
Yes. So she doesn't know it all the time or has right. that yet. It's good to remember when you're moving in reformation that what we're reforming is the perspective that you are perfect. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> gratitude's ability to redeem all things, all things. Ah, let's see. Um, thank you that it is already redeemed and that you are awakening me to see it the way yes. it already is so mm -hmm. that it can manifest. Very good. How about this one? This is a good one here. Uh, I'm glad I asked him for these. Gratitude's ability to calm storms, change your environment, break fear. Thank you that when I speak, it's not me. So if there's a storm and I say peace, Jesus, you're the one speaking. Mm, that's good. Now, he's got a lot of them here. I'm not going to play this game forever, although I do enjoy it. <laughs> Gratitude's impact on insecurities and confidence. Thank you that I can laugh at myself and that I don't have to take myself too seriously. Absolutely. That is, that is a good one. That is a good one. Um, Shalise, uh, any closing thoughts? I, I want to point people to your website, point people to what you're doing and stuff there. But uh, I don't know, any, any sort of uh, – Anything you'd want to do to kind of button up this conversation? I know we, we covered a lot of stuff, but I, I, uh, I see the theme in what we've been discussing here today. This unpackaging of, of union is this delightful reality that we are resting in, that we're waking up to. And we're helping people along in this process to think yeah. clearly, to, to yeah. approach life in a yeah. holistic way. Yeah, I will tell you the uh, – I guess I would wrap it up by saying that this experiential revelation of union is the single most important, in my opinion, the single most important foundational reformat that has to happen in our lives. Yeah. And we struggle, we struggle until we get that. And, yeah. you know, I find I, I, it, it hurts my heart. I, it hurts my heart to see um, how much Christians struggle and, and, and hungry, how hungry they are and how, how hungry we are and how hungry people are searching. I mean, they are, they are working hard. I mean, Christians are working hard to find the answer to what ails them. Yeah. And um, I just, I mean, that, I think that's what gets me up in the morning is that I, it is so, it is literally to me the most important revelation that I've ever experienced in my entire life. Like it has, it's revolutionary. Like it's, yeah. it, it's a revolutionary revelation. It is the gospel. It is. Yes. The yes. It, it is. is. It's the point. It is the ancient faith. This is nothing new. It might be new to you, but it is, it is, it is the message. That's it. <laughs> and I will spend the rest of my life manifesting it. <laughs> and so, and, and I, manifesting that and helping others do that. So yeah. you know, my encouragement is it's not as hard as people. It, it, the good news is it's not hard. Yeah. It could be a challenge when you first hear it, but it is a challenge provoking you into the ride of your life. That is, that is certain. Shalise, um, I know that no one is going to be able to uh, spell your name unless we put it on here. So I'm going to put your, your website at the bottom here, yes. shalise.com. Yep. Also, uh, Shalise has a podcast, an Apple podcast called Shalise's Podcast. Is that right? They can just search on my name that no one can spell. I make okay. it really easy for people. 
There you go. And then uh, you've got a book, The Path, Journey with God and Live Your Purpose. Yeah. And uh, and then Emerge, one last little plug for Emerge. Tell them about it. Uh, and it's EmergeSOT.com. Uh, yeah. Tell them about your Emerge course, yeah. just the format. It's like three months or how does that work? Yeah. And so it's a three-month course. We're enrolling people all the time. And we interview every single prospective student um, to, you know, just help. I mean, it's an amazing process. Whether you end up doing the school or not, you, we will help you discern uh, your life purpose and but it's a three-month uh, program. It's online. It's virtual. So we have students from all over the world. Uh, we are an incredibly awesome – it's an awesome community of people that are committed to uh, really manifesting union, changing the world through Jesus inside of them. And you really can hop in on any time. And uh, it's just I, – I don't even know what to say except – you know, the best way to connect, really, the best way is to head over to um, thepathfreebook.com and you can download a free version, an ebook of mine, um, which the path is kind of, the book is kind of like a high level of emerge. And so you can get a really good taste um, about mm. the school from the book. And, and then you'll also get an invitation to schedule a call with my team. And then they can tell you anything and everything that you want to know about the school. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. I didn't realize you guys had it, uh, the, the book online like that. That's great. Well, good. Guys, plug in with, uh, with her and uh, check out the podcast. Thank you so much, Shalise. It's great to see you again. Hopefully, uh, we can connect again sometime, Colorado or somewhere, and always a blast uh, to chat. Yeah, sure. we'll do it again sometime. Okay, sounds great. Okay. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. Or you can visit www.thepathfreebook.com. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then take that first step and contact us by email at info at shalice.com to inquire about working with Shalice and enrolling in Emerge School of Transformation. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.